give it up for Eric Goodman. What is up? What is up, y'all? You already know what time it is in here. Let's go. Let's hear it one time. Oh, he's preaching tonight. He's preaching. But hey, yeah, as he said, my name's Eric. And to tell you a little bit about myself, uh, I've, I've been going to this church for a little over a half decade now. And, you know, that's a crazy amount of time for me to be committed to any one thing. So, um, but yeah, to tell you a little bit about, a little bit about what I do. And uh, I, I serve on the Undivided slash Real Life Church worship team here under our wonderful worship pastor, Noel. And you know what? Wait, 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 wait. Noel, I feel like I have to clear this up. You know, it's often misspoken about me that a lot of people say that I hate you constantly. That happens to not be true. It's only really half the time, just in case you were curious. Um, but no, in all seriousness, I have an immense amount of respect for both of you, a lot of admiration. I think a lot of us in here can agree with that. So I feel like we should take a minute to acknowledge how awesome our youth pastors are. Because if it weren't for them, none of the things that happen from the back to the front, to out in the lobby, to out front would be possible. So we appreciate you and we love you guys. But um, anyway, yeah, back to me. Um, so yeah, I serve on the worship team here and, uh, whoa, we good? Yeah, so I mean, the more and more I do that, the closer I feel to a lot of the team members here and you know, I'm starting to feel closer to some more than others and uh, <coughs> Ethan Gibbons. <coughs> but you know what, I hold no bias, I have no favorites. Um, but yeah, and, and I've been doing that for a long time here and another thing I do is I serve as one of the uh, youth adult leaders here, um, which don't be deceived. I know I look 14, whatever. Go, go ahead and get your jokes and your laughs out of the way. But I happen to be 19 going on 15. Thank you very much. Um, and occasionally you'll see me hop up and do announcements every once in a while, you know, and that happens to be one of the most funny and the most vibing and everybody loves it. But you know what? They're starting to catch on. They don't like humor and stuff on stage. So they're like, keep them away from the mic as much as possible. I mean, as they should though, but, um, but tonight's a little bit more of a serious tone for me and it's, it's, it's of something that I feel like God's really been speaking to me and really throughout a long period of my life and um, something that I hope that you would, you would lean into as well. And um, I'm not going to preface it anymore. Today I'm speaking on the, the subject, don't forget about God's goodness. I think it's easy for us to adopt the habit of not trusting God in an effort to divert responsibility for things that would otherwise fall on us. Because a commonly known fact about Trusting God tells us that we're going to have to get close to God. And along with getting close to God, that tells us that we're going to be held accountable to some things. When in fact, that doesn't sound appealing, and I'd rather have no part in that and just fall back and play the victim role. Because a commonly known fact about playing the victim role means that nothing is ever being done to anybody else. But let me tell you, every single thing is happening to you. And... The enemy comes to kill, to steal, and destroy, and he wants to steal any ounce of hope or life or any sort of joy that you have. But God comes that we might have life and life more abundantly. So anyway, I'm not going to stay on that, that soapbox tonight. I just wanted to encourage you with that and let you know that God is encouraging us to dig a little bit deeper and know that there's more. I'm going to stick to my main point, which is don't forget about God's goodness. Let's pray as we get started. God, we thank you so much for the blessing that you've extended to us, God, to be welcomed into your family. That it's nothing special, God, that we do that allows us to have a relationship with you, but it's strictly by your grace and your mercy that you continue to make new and extend to us every day, God, that we're allowed to be welcomed into your family. So we pray that our hearts would be receptive to what you have to speak to us tonight, God, 
not what we want to hear, but what she would have to speak to us. Let me give you this night in Jesus' name. Amen. I have a picture with me, and it's of a very popular story that I can assume most of us in here have heard of. Uh, if you haven't, it's probably because you live under a rock, whatever. I'm not going to explain it, though. But in the story called The Three Little Pigs, um, they build these three houses. And in this picture, it illustrates these three different houses of three different types of durabilities and the lack thereof, obviously. And, you know, what's funny is, I, I think I should ask by a show of hands, actually, anyone that left the house today with their brand, I can assume we can agree that that house made of bricks is probably the safest and most sturdy, right? By a show of hands, right? We can all agree. Notice how easy and how quick that we were to answer that question. But yet, when we use that same idea, we place it in real scenarios where God represents the strongest house, the unshakable, the unbreakable in all seasons. It's a little bit harder to answer that question as quickly when we're in the midst of the storm. But how could that be? How could God be doubted? When he created the heavens and the earth and the universe, the very earth that we walk on, he created. How could he be doubted with something as small as a math test that we're worried about? Or finals that we don't feel prepared for? Almost as if to say, oh, God is so massive. I can't imagine you can even notice or barely cares about my small little insignificant small problems that I'm dealing with. Oh, get over yourself. We got people in the world that don't know Christ, that are dying, that are unsafe, stepping into eternity every day. We got people that are diagnosed with things that half of us in this room have never even heard of, and 90% of us will never experience in our entire lives. And we're more concerned about what's going on with us, what's going on with me. Should I dye my hair blue, or should I dye it red, or should I dye it a different shade of brown than it already is? And we've become a generation that's very centered around me. What's going on with me? I'm the most important person. When Jesus came to not be served, but to serve others. And he's calling us to do the exact same. And I'm not trying to downplay or belittle the, the things that are real to you. Don't hear what I'm not saying. But just like Gabe talked about last week, it doesn't matter if you fail a class. It doesn't matter if you have 17 Fs. One moment in, in time that you messed up or you screwed it up, that does not dictate the trajectory of the rest of your life. Those problems are so small compared to our God. And they pale in comparison to our God. There's absolutely no comparison to our God. Yet somehow we still think that there is. And it's hard for us to wrap our minds around a God that's so massive and of such capability that he would cherish us in such a way. Let me tell you, the enemy is constantly trying to throw things your way that he wants to make you distracted by, that he wants you to forget about God's goodness through. But let me tell you, God has a plan for you. He's on the other side. He can see you. And he says, I have far more for you than what you're currently experiencing right now. Have you ever walked through your house in the middle of the night and it was super dark and you were disoriented and you couldn't see? And you're seeing things that aren't actually there and it's not until you flip on the light that you're like, oh, I'm freaking stupid. That, like, that was just my robe waving because my fan's on. <laughs> I did that a few nights ago. <laughs> Can I tell you? I think God's trying to tell us to flip on the light that we've had off for so long and remember that he is good in all things. And though we go through tough stuff, and yes, we do, 
And I know that we will. He never promises anything other than that. But you got to remember his goodness in all things. The enemy constantly tries to throw things your way to prevent you from seeing God's goodness. Things that will make you so shaken up. Things that will make you want to give up on X, Y, Z. But truly, God is my rock. He is my fortress. 626 says, look at the birds. They do not plant or harvest or store their food in barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable than they are? So if God cares about something 10 times smaller than you, that much, how much more does he care about his son or his daughter created in his own likeness and image? We want to grow. Write this down. You can't expect to grow in a relationship you were never interested in growing in or starting or getting off the ground in the first place. I'm sorry. Woo! Oh, he's preaching now. Oh, he's preaching. Don't make me get all T.D. Jakes up in here on y'all. It's true, though. If I go up to Tyler to land, I'm like, man, y'all are so dope. You got so much dope. I want some of your dope. That sounds bad, but I want your dopeness to rub off on me. But yet I never prioritize the time and my efforts necessary to get closer to them and for them to rub off on me. And we continue to place the blame on God as if it's his fault why we lack growth. I'm sick of hearing people say, oh, I'm just waiting on God. Waiting on him to work a wonder. Waiting on him to do a miracle. Waiting on him to fight my battles while I stand back and be his cheerleader. When in reality, we're naive to think that he hasn't already placed in us every necessary tool to fight our own battles. The Bible says we're created fearfully and wonderfully. We're created by God who's wonderfully perfect. So there are no flaws, no mess-ups, no mistakes. And anyone that tells you differently, I got two points for this. Anyone that tells you differently from what God is telling you. First of all, you should really be careful who you allow to speak in your life. Because if you don't have a friend or a person that's constantly pushing you forward or encouraging you to be the best you that you can be, you should really check your friend groups. And second, anyone that's telling you differently from what God has to say about you must not know the deepest, most inner-rooted you. But let me tell you someone who does. I'm telling you that God does. And he says, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. God doesn't say, trust me, because it's Tuesday. God doesn't say, trust me, if you order an Amazon package and the estimated time of arrival happens to conflict with the time that you have to babysit your uncle's mama's baby's cousin in 3 p.m. in Cleelum, so that's not going to work because Amazon sucks at redeliveries. God doesn't say, trust me if the particular presidential candidate that you were hoping for makes it an office or not. No, trust in God with all of your heart, your mind, your will, and your emotions, and lean not, say it with me, lean not on your own understanding. For me to lean on my own understanding suggests that I think that I'm any more experienced in this than God is. And just in case you're wondering, let me tell you, that is the furthest thing from the truth.
It's easy for us to get trapped in the notion that the tough things that we experience in our day-to-day lives is justification for us to be half-involved Christians. And all those moments at camp where we're kneeling at the altar call and we're crying, God, we're good. There's that Eric victim mentality again going on. Saying, God, I trust you with all I have to give you. I trust you with my entire being. When it's apparent that he's moving. When it's obvious that he's in our favor. But the moment that we get back to our normal lives where real tough stuff is happening, real tough stuff, we forget of his goodness and we start to doubt God again. And I can, I, I can assume that any number of you in here are probably saying, well, it's easier said than done, Eric. Yeah, maybe, sure, whatever. So is it not worth trying? Or we can continue to paint the false image of God that he's some old mystical man that lives in a cloud with a cane and a robe that gives out puppies for free or something. Continuing to sugarcoat the Bible, picking and choosing little cute bumper stickers and phrases with little smiley faces and gumdrops and rainbows and butterflies that best conveniences our personal subjective agenda. (laughs) Pretending as if we want what God truly has in store for us. Saying, God, what's your will for my life? What do you want from me? Your will be done above my own, God. And then within a moment, when a door is opened or we're given the answer that we don't like and we disagree with, we turn our backs on God. And we return to the vacancy found in the life that we've chosen for our own selves. Jeremiah 29, and I'm closing here. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. My main point tonight, and I, I hope that you would, if you're talking right now or if you, if you have your phone out, I, I would ask that you put it away for just a moment. My main point tonight, I think God really wants to communicate to us, is that we take the blinders that the enemy is trying to place in front of us to distract us from God's will for our life and remove them and see around them and remember that he is good in all seasons. Jesus is constantly contending for us. And he's saying, hey, I'm over here. Look at, look at me. I see what you're in right now. I know it's tough. I understand that it's hard. But look around. Look at me for just a moment and see that I am good in all things. Even when it's tough to see it. Because as constantly as the enemy is trying to come after you and remind you of how he feels about you, God is constantly, if not ten times more, chasing after us and saying, See that I am good in all things. I am not one to let down. I am not one to fail. Bow your heads. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much, God, that you're constantly in our favor. And you constantly want the best for us, God. We thank you that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. We thank you that if you're for us, God, then nothing can be against us. And we pray, God, that we would remember your goodness in all things, even when it's hard to see it. And though, yes, we go through hard things, we pray that we would remember that it's not the end. Our lives have not been climaxing to this this moment just to end, that you have so much more in store for us, God. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, can we give it up for Eric?